evening, everybody. Good evening. No, I'm going to explain that in just a minute. Great question, honey. Thank you, Elijah. I'll try to talk a little bit more. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. After I started putting this message together, I've been really trying not to talk as much. <laughs> You'll see why here in a little while. Um, one of my favorite comedians says you go to the doctor. The doctor says you're going to feel a little bit of pressure, so you better buckle up. Um, after I looked at this message, I thought, man, I don't want the evening to feel that way. But I think the nature of the subject that we're going to look at here in just a little bit, it may begin that way. So I think humor up front may serve us just a little bit. Let me walk us through the order of events this evening, and then we'll have, um, then you guys will have kind of an idea of what we're going to do. It's similar to, I believe, last week's, which I missed out on. Tim, I wish I was here uh, for that. Thank you for teaching on evangelism. Um, we're going to have two sessions tonight. Um, the first one is probably not going to be as long as the second one. And my goal with the first one is to give us a theology, a basic or super brief, super brief theology on the tongue, the mouth, the lips, um, but also in their relationship to the gospel. And then the second session, I'm calling it a practical theology because now we're going we're gonna to see, well, then what is this theology about the mouth or the tongue going to look like in practice, and in particular, we're going to go right after gossip. And that's actually, that topic of gossip is the driving topic for this equipped uh, teaching. And uh, it was on Derek's heart, as Derek talked with Tim and I, we prayed about the number of things that we were going to be teaching through the series, and we felt like we definitely wanted to go with this one. But here's what my opening qualifying statement is about this. This church is not known for gossip in your pastor's mind. It's known for speech that builds up. This church is not known for speech that tears down. That's not what marks this church. You guys are marked with encouragement. Now, Lisa and I are brand new, still, still feel very brand new, but over the years and in our involvement in this church, this is one of the most encouraging churches I've ever been in. And I grew up in an encouraging church, but I'm talking about in attendance, being around other saints. Um, and you all are, you're precious. You're always encouraging. There are usually multiple people lining up at different times for various reasons, to thank the elders, to thank other people in the church that are serving, so you're known by that. So it's not out of a desire to correct something that has gone seriously wrong. That's not, that's not why we're talking about the mouth. But I think once we dig into the theology of the mouth, we're going to find out, oh, <laughs> that's actually a daily problem for all of us. And we don't want to be known for that. And we would love the gospel to have its effect on us. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a brief theology of the tongue, and then we're going to do practical theology and look specifically at gossip. Um, there is going to be a book recommendation. And then following those are in our discussion. I've given to the different tables, the uh, discussion group leaders, I've given them a handout. And you're going to get the same exact handout later. I just wanted them to have it in their hand if they needed to make some notes they could write actually on that. And then we're going to go after those four discussion questions on there. We're going to go after one of them to start with. And if there's time, that discussion group leader will uh, take us into the others. But they may be just commended to you for later personal uh, questions like what, what do I need to consider about these things. That second teaching is almost all application as well. So it's, it's, a, it's about gossip, but it's about gossip and what we say, what we do. And so it's, you're gonna, I think you're going to benefit hopefully from application in the second session. I'm going to open us up in prayer. 
And uh, we'll just throw ourselves before the mercy of God as I open my mouth and hopefully not sin. <laughs> Can you tell? I'm really hesitant on this one. Lord, you are merciful to your people. You have shown us mercy. And I pray, God, as we open your word and we look throughout many things, many things that you have said, I pray the effect on us would be one that is hopeful, that the end, that we would be granted power by your spirit as we've interacted by interacted with your word, have heard you speak to us. You opened your mouth and spoke. And I pray that would change us tonight. I pray that all our anchored hope would be in Christ, not in the putting on and the putting off later that we'll discuss. I pray that all our hope would be anchored in all that Jesus has done for us and all that you are continuing to do in us. Boy, we long for the day, as we go through this material tonight, we long for the day that we will not have to worry about what's going to come out of our mouths. Uh, that day when we hear you speak to us when we enter heaven, we long to hear that voice, that voice that really all of us that have believed in you have already begun to hear in the gospel, we can almost hear the tone in your voice of love and acceptance and mercy. I pray that would be hopeful to us tonight and that it would be transforming for us tonight. Be with us also in our fellowship. What a unique time for our church to gather all our community groups and to get together and uh, see one another, share things across the table with one another, throw candy at one another, um, and share our life together. I know that also many that may be present tonight are facing difficulty, huge decisions, and uh, here we are uh, together again. I pray it be encouraging to them. Lord, it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. What a joy it is to gather like this. This is new and unique to me, and I am loving it. Well, let's run right away to the gospel. Derek said, start the evening off with Romans 8.1, and so we laughed as we talked about gossip. And I talked with, uh, and it's later in our teaching, but I talked with Sierra right before uh, we all sat down just earlier as she was uh, getting uh, Nolan and heading home so that Alex could be here tonight. And, uh, and I told her what Derek said, and it occurred to me, yep, we all need to hear, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let that wash over us as we dig into theology on the mouth. Point number one. A mouth that is filthy reveals a filthy heart. You're going to want to take notes. So if you don't have paper in front of you, feel free to grab whatever you can to write on. Um, you want a dry erase marker, you can write on your table. Um, but you'll want to write a lot down tonight. We are going to look at a number of passages. Number one, a mouth that is filthy reveals a filthy heart. So I'm asking a question right up front. What is the problem with the mouth. What is the problem with the mouth? Matthew 15, 10 through 11 reads like this. 
And he called the people. We're going to turn to James here in a minute. Uh, but right now I'm just going to read this for us. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Matthew 15, 18, Jesus goes on, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. So let's answer this question, what is the problem with the tongue? What is the problem with the heart? I mean, with the mouth, the answer is the heart. So I'm just going to draw because I don't know how to draw uh, very well, but I'm going to draw because I think this may help some present. So it's out of the heart. This is the problem with the mouth. Oh, what a joyful uh, pointing forward to a little bit later in the evening. This is also the joy of the redemption of the mouth as well. But here's our problem as we begin to look at the mouth. We have a problem, and that problem is not the mouth. You thought we were going to be looking at uh, theology of the mouth. Now we're all of a sudden discussing the heart. And by the way, this matter of the mouth is compounded by the fact that we don't just, or with the heart, is that we don't just sit still with the defiled heart. So if our heart is filthy, it's also active. So the heart doesn't, doesn't sin and now become sinful and just sit there. It's active. The heart is active. And in this case, as we consider that, we hear now hear Matthew 15, 19 through 20. For out of the mouth come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. Our sinful hearts burst forth on our lips spilling and spewing their filth on God and on others. Our mouths, our tongues wreak havoc on our and others' lives, even steering our whole being and destroying and tearing down others. So the matter of gossip or the mouth is a matter of the heart. So here's our focus. While we stay anchored in the issue, being the heart, we're going to nail or go a little bit further. We're going to go after this matter of the mouth, uh, the tongue, and the lips. And you'll hear that from the scriptures as we do this theology uh, through the text. And here in just a minute, we're just going to go from one passage to another as we consider the mouth, the tongue, and the lips. These are our focus tonight. The mouth is the focus. But remember, the overriding issue is a matter of the heart. So here's a survey of the scriptures regarding the mouth and the tongue. If you would turn to James chapter 3, please, if you haven't already done so. James chapter 3, and we're going to read at length, verses 2 through 10. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole, bo his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. 
and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among the members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being, no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. These things ought not to be so. Psalm 34, 13 through 14. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. We get to look at all of these verses again here in just a minute. Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know that you how, to, how you ought to answer each person. James 1, 19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak. And James 1, 26, if anyone thinks he is religious, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. So just on this one, let's stop for a second. Let's consider this. This is how you do a survey, and this is how it's not a Sunday morning message. We can stop and consider the text a little bit like this. Just on this one thing, consider how in the marketplace at work, our Christianity begins to become worthless if we refuse to bridle our tongue. What's our conduct with our speech at work. What does that say about our, when James says religion, meaning the pure religion, what does it say about that? Proverbs 12, 18. It's a little bit wider text, verses 17 through 19. You probably have 18 on the screen, Good, but I'm going to read a little before it. Whatever or whoever speaks the truth in verse 17 gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. But look at this text. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Rash words like sword thrusts. It wasn't long into the study that I came across this passage, and it was hard to move on. Just for a minute, husbands and wives that are present. Consider the destructive nature of your tongue. Like the thrusts of a sword, rash words that destroy. Ranging from careless words to hate-filled, words of death even. And the wounds run deep. We get to revisit that passage in a very redemptive way in just a little bit. But now if you would turn to Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6. Now some of you, you're running along way ahead of me in this survey, and that is good. 
This one we could have begun with, of course. Isaiah 6, 3 through 7. The Lord appears to Isaiah. And he reveals his holiness to Isaiah to a small degree. And seraphims are flying around. Verse 3, the seraphims call out to one another and they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations and the threshold shook at the voice of him who called And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe to me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of an unclean, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When Isaiah witnesses the holiness of God, I watched this yesterday, R.C. Sproul's teaching on this. Sproul says he instinctively covers his mouth. He goes to his mouth. That's not where I normally instinctively go. It's probably because the Lord in his mercy has not revealed his holiness to me like that. I'll go to all other kinds of sin, but as we begin to consider this and we see what's happening with Isaiah, suddenly, like a flash of fire in Isaiah's heart and in his soul, sinful word after sinful word of blasphemies and cursing and hateful speech, words that destroy, wretched things he's said to his wife, that he has said to his children, said to his friends, to the Lord, evil thoughts and dark, uh, the dark places of his heart that have now made their way into his mouth and across his lips, he says, I am undone. And he immediately realizes, he immediately realizes how unholy he is before the Lord. And the first place he goes is to the mouth. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Verse 29 Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted. And now we're going to transition to point two forgiving one another as God and Christ has forgiven you. This is where we need to run for relief to the gospel. And so we get to do this. It's here that we transition that a mouth that is filthy reveals this filthy heart. A mouth that has been redeemed speaks redemptively the gospel hope. So something is radically changing in this, this what used to be black heart is now made right by God. And now what comes out of the heart is being made right by God. That's all you get in my drawing tonight. What a great hope we have in God Christ has forgiven us. 
that opening text, or at least the opening part of Ephesians, was let no corrupting talk come out of you. And it ends with, as God in Christ has forgiven you. What a great hope. It is kind of a reverse version of what's happening, not reverse in its meaning, but the way it's stated is before all the Ten Commandments are communicated is remembering that I am the God who brought you out of Egypt. Now, therefore, well, this one starts with, don't let corrupting talk come out of your mouth, in that sense, because you have been forgiven by God. We definitely are in the, uh, in the still. We're not quite in the not yet. We're not there yet. So sin does crouch near, but there is a real change that has already occurred in the believer that will affect your speech. So what we just looked at and we'll continue to look at now is there is that nasty aspect of the tongue, but it is being redeemed by the gospel. Luke 2, 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation. We read earlier Romans 8, 1 through 2, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This really means there is no condemnation for that wife who turned and said that hateful thing to her husband or to that son that just flipped his mom off and said whatever he wanted to say. In Christ, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That unredemptive moment at work where you blew it, God is at work, but he's at work first, not holding it against us. So it was a list of the times that we have said things and have done things. And later in the evening, don't forget the second half of this theology. Our theology must inform us when we look at gossip later. We're going to try to practically apply that theology, but we have to apply it knowing that it is true. There is a real work going on in the believer that is undoing what the curse had done in us. Isaiah's unclean lips and his gospel hope. Verse 5, woe to me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then, then, one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. What a beautiful foreshadowing in the prophet Isaiah, of what now comes in Christ, and has come in Christ. When a man has been redeemed, his mouth is redeemed as well. A man that has spoken in filth, his mouth is cauterized, R.C. Sproul's word. The very thing that defiled us, the Lord comes and purifies us. Ezekiel 36, 26, and I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. What a great hope we have. Romans 10, 8 through 10. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. 
Because if you confess with your mouth that the, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And it actually says this, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. In that sense, what we're hearing in Romans is Paul saying, yes, faith does save you. But there is an activity of your mouth that has been redeemed as well, and you're saved as you confess the gospel, the good news. Now with a new heart, the mouth does speak. The tongue is now moved by this new heart and flesh. The tongue is now made able and willing to be bridled. Restraint is possible. Restraint now is possible. A redeemed mouth, a tongue that once, uh, once destroyed is now made able. And it's made able to build up. Now let's look at the same verses that we looked at earlier. Psalm 33 through 13, I mean 33, excuse me, 34, 13 through 14. But in particular, verse 14, take a turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So if the first verse, which is keep your tongue from evil, then you turn away from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Now seek peace and pursue it. The mouth is now able and move towards peace to pursue it. Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Mm, what a great hope we have in Colossians when you read the first part of Colossians, preaching the gospel to our souls. Now we now have mouths that can be gracious in their speech. James 19, same verse that we looked at. We know this, brothers, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak. In verse 26, person's religion is worthless. And this is what I want to point out. Explicit, we have hope. We can now slow, be slow to speak. What a great hope we have. Like I was the little kid when his dad is correcting him. My dad's like, Tommy, stop talking. I'm trying to explain something to you. Stop talking. I'm trying to explain to you. And I finally said, okay, okay, okay. But when you're done, I have something to say. I'm that kid. I'm the kid that got in trouble in Spanish class for talking too much, irritated the teacher so bad for over a week, she finally moved me from across the room. <laughs> in God's redemption, I meet Lisa, and we get married in three years. <laughs> we started dating that day, by the way. So by the way, sinful speech and God's mercy already at work. I don't know how that works. Scott, you're going to have to fix that one for me in your discussion group. I think you're going to have to do that. But that's the implication. We can now be slow to speak. The gospel has provided a new breaking system for our mouth. And boy, don't we need that? Before it would just rattle on, but now we actually, we can stop because there's a power in us making us able and willing to stop. The implication of this text, that's the explicit statement of the text we just read, slow to speak. But the implication of the text where it says this person's religion has become worthless now hear the redemptive side. By implication, the Christian and our Christianity is now made valuable when we've bridled the tongue. So earlier the application in the marketplace was Christianity becomes worthless as we refuse to bridle our tongue. But now consider the real possibility of gospel interaction and conversations that are now guarded because we have restrained the use of our tongue. 
or maybe we have gone back and repented at the use of our tongue. Proverbs 12, 17 through 19. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. But the tongue of the wise bring healing. Now in the gospel, here earlier, the husbands and wives, considering the destructive nature of your speech, of my speech, now consider the creative and the joyful nature of the tongue. For there's honesty and there's healing. Doesn't this sound hopeful and desirable? Isn't this what we want? We want, to, we want the truth and we want honesty. We want to trust. We want to be trustworthy. And so we want to speak and be spoken to with words that heal. What a great hopeful picture. It's the gospel redeems that. And finally, and then we're going to take our break. And now the gospel heals us. Isaiah 53. By his stripes we are healed. And we begin to speak words that bring healing to those around us. And that James 3, 6, the fires of hell that once was our tongue are now snuffed out by real and certain gospel hope and change that is in Christ Jesus. Let me close this part in prayer. Lord, I pray your word, I pray your word would remain and it would remain in us through the break and into the next section when we talk about gossip. Help us to not become legalists as we head into the discussion on gossip. Help us to live in the good of this is now made possible because of your good work in us. We will not be perfect that day's coming in heaven where perfection will finally take over. But until then, we have hope of real change. I pray, God, that we would be ambassadors of this kind of change all the more. God, let the nature of this church continue on in the joyful pursuit of the gospel and how it restrains the mouth and the tongue and un also unleashes the tongue in joy, evidence of grace, healing, preaching of the good news of Christ. Let our mouths be used for redemptive purposes by your mercy, Lord. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Well, enjoy your break. Let's take about a five-minute break, if you will. And we will be right back in here for the second session. <laughs>